Well, hello, and welcome to the Fisher Poetry Podcast, a showcase of prose, poetry, and song written and performed by those in the commercial fishing community. Mostly. I'm your host, Brad. Thanks for joining us today. Today's episode is from the 2023 Fisher Poetry Gathering in Astoria, Oregon. You'll be hearing from Fisher poet Clem Stark of Dallas, Oregon, with an introduction by MC Brad Warren. This set was recorded at the 1015 Theater on Saturday, February 25th, 2023. So, without further ado, here's the show. Ladies and gentlemen, he's already at the mic. He's ready. He's a pro. This is the Dean of Fisher Poetry. This is, this is the reason that some of us actually try to write a little better. <laughs> this is Clem Stark. <laughs> well, thank you, Brad. With an intro like that, I probably should duck out the back door. So, as some of you know anyway, I am not a commercial fisherman. But I went to sea for a number of years. I sailed with the uh, Seafarers International Union, the SIU. And so I've, I've, I've written a lot of poems over the last 60, 65 years. But, and I've got some nautical poems. So I always pull those out when I come to Fisher Poets. So here's some sea stories. Um, three little short uh, poems. This first one is called On a Freighter Leaving Newport. 37 degrees on the inclinometer. Crossing the bar, that old victory ship rolled so far over on her side. The pilot, a portly man, climbing down a rope ladder to the launch that would take him ashore, looked like a crab scuttling backwards, a tiny figure on a huge teeter-totter. But the ship righted itself. The pilot leaped aboard his launch, and we proceeded south along the coast, a thousand miles, Yaquina Bay to Port Huaynimi, to top off our cargo, before heading out again across open waters to the war in Southeast Asia, on a freighter leaving Newport. So I had uh, an, another opportunity, uh, apart from being a, a merchant seaman for a while, I had the opportunity to crew on a sailing ship. Uh, that was all totally new to me. But uh, this is a story of that adventure. It was indeed an adventure. The name of the ship, and I'm not going to say too much about it because you, you'll hear that from the a description of the, of the ship in the poem itself. But the name of the ship was the Goodwill. The Goodwill. So this little poem is called Saga of the Goodwill. Fore and aft rigged, 
a two-masted schooner. Overall length, 161 feet. Largest fore-and-aft rigged sailing vessel in the world, we were told in 1968. A group of us, as part of a lunatic scheme, had made an offer to purchase her. We knew next to nothing about sailing, but planned to make seamanship a kind of spiritual discipline. After a nearly disastrous trial voyage from Honolulu to San Francisco, we had her hauled out for inspection. It turned out that the steel hull was so badly rusted in places, you could almost poke a screwdriver through it. So the deal was off. And six months later, when she went down with all hands in a storm off Ensenada, we were not aboard. So here's the, the third of these uh, three sea stories. Um, many, many of you pr uh, perhaps know of the Canadian uh, singer-songwriter Stan Rogers. One of his most famous songs is the name of a ship, the, the Genie Sea. The Genie Sea. So that song is quoted a couple times in this little poem of mine which is called On the Beach. And I guess I should tell you, in case you don't know, for a seaman, either he or she is at sea, or if they're not at sea, they're on the beach. So here I was, I was actually on the beach, staying at a motel in Newport uh, some years after I had been on the beach. And I wrote this this poem, On the Beach. I'll go to sea no more, is what I'm thinking, remembering the words of the song while listening to waves crash on the beach. I'm in a motel on the Oregon coast. It's midnight, full moon, January of my 66th year. The way the song goes, a man, his son, and a hired hand set out for the Grand Banks to fish for cod in a boat built by the man's father. What it was she struck, they never knew. But suddenly, every seam poured water. I've been to sea. I have a son, and you could say, my life is a boat built by my father. <laughs> so, so this next poem is called Snatch Blocks, Curve Balls. You all know about 
a curveball, but in case you don't know what a snatch block is, uh, just think block and tackle. Snatch block is a particular kind of block. Snatch blocks, curve balls. When a worn snatch block in the rigging broke loose, it struck me square in the chest with such force it nearly knocked me overboard. A few inches higher, it would have done damage to my physiognomy. When my wife was diagnosed four years ago, it also caught me by surprise. But fortunately, it's not like I'm some rookie just up from the minors who can't handle a major league curveball. All will be well is the mantra I keep repeating. And if not well, then at least over. Like the Russian said, sure, life is tough, but fortunately, short. Okay, here's another one. It's called On the Hook in Manila. Riding at anchor in Manila Bay after 10 days at sea, watching the moon rise over the city sparkling below. The four of us, Mike the oiler, Jake, and Crazy Bob and I, a scruffy bunch, are at the rail, midships, waiting for a launch to take us ashore. Although in no way could we be said to resemble the four celestial worthies, much less the equally venerable four perfected lords of Wu, the four of us gaze shoreward half convinced that every bar girl on the waterfront will find us irresistible. <laughs> well, here, uh, here's, here's a story of, of uh, how I eventually did go to sea. It's called Looking for a Ship. I always wanted to go to sea. Melville and Conrad were two of my heroes. And at 19, cocky, having just dropped out of school, I set out to do it. By greasing the palm of a union official in Mobile, I managed to obtain Siemens papers from the Coast Guard and I hitchhiked to New Orleans to start looking for a ship. Living was cheap there on Skid Row in 1958. $7 a week for a room not much larger than the bed it contained, a table and chair. For only a quarter, you could get a plate of rice and beans. <laughs> <laughs> 
at Fred's Inn a cup of chicory coffee for a nickel. Fred's Inn was where I learned to differentiate a tramp or a hobo from a bum, and where I met characters I'd only read about in books. It was a long way from the Ivy League. Every day I'd navigate the waterfront, scouting the docks, boarding every ship in sight, trying to hire on. But shipping was slow in the Gulf ports that winter. With so many seamen on the beach looking to ship out, I didn't stand a chance. So after a month or more, I finally gave up, packed my gear, and rode the freight trains west to California to see what would happen there. Not until 10 years later, after a marriage and a divorce, while another war in the Far East was heating up, did I feel again the urge to go to sea. I still had my papers. I knew the protocol. I signed on a freighter out of Long Beach for Japan. And for a couple of years, I was gone. Well, a few other, few newer, newer poems that do not, are not nautical poems, but I'll finish up with these. So, I, I am not a, a football fan, but I did play football in high school. So this is a football poem, I guess we can call it. It's called uh, Afternoons Roughing It Up with Sammy Accorso. Going up against Sammy Accorso, afternoons during scrimmage, was no picnic. He was a bruiser, first team all-city tackle two years in a row. Rugged, pugnacious, built like a tank. His elbows were a pair of sledgehammers. I was out of my element. I had to pretend to be tough. It was the school of hard knocks, far more educational than playing saxophone in the marching band. Here's, <laughs> thank you. Here, here's a little short poem. Um, this is a, re a real short poem, so you have to listen carefully or it'll, it'll pass you by. This is called Taters. That's Taters with an apostrophe, an apostrophe S. Possessive, not plural. Taters. Country music and bacon are on the menu at Taters Cafe, as well as a Denver, a Western, or a Florentine omelette. I go there sometimes when I'm feeling low. It's surprising what a three-egg omelette with hash browns and whole wheat toast will do.
So here's a last, a last poem. Again, a little short poem. Seems like as, as I get older, my poems are getting shorter and shorter. So I've often been asked, you know, or suggested that I write uh, a memoir and autobiography, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a minimalist, so I've condensed it here to another seven-line poem. <laughs> so this is called In Place of an Autobiography. <laughs> I decided to drop out of college and went back home to reconnoiter and get my bearings. I got a job as a laborer working construction. I worked all summer and into the fall for a grub stake. And then I set out on my donkey prospecting for gold. Thank you all. That was Fisher poet Clem Stark, recorded at the 1015 Theater in Astoria, Oregon, on Saturday, February 25th, 2023. Well, that's it. This one's in the tote. The Fisher Poetry Podcast is written and produced by Brad Wartman. The theme music for this episode is courtesy of Mark Allen Lovewell and Molly Canole. If you'd like to appear on or have comments about the show, please send an email to thefisherpoetryarchive at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to haul the latest episodes into your net. The Fisher Poetry Podcast is available via our podcast host, Spotify, as well as Apple, Google, and Amazon. You can listen to our other podcast episodes, watch our YouTube videos, and join our community by going to thefisherpoetryarchive.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Come all young sailormen, listen to me. I'll sing you a song of the fish in the sea. Blow, you winds westerly, westerly blow. We're bound to the southern, so steady she goes.